Armbar, the 1004th wrestling podcast. I am Todd, leader of the Bolton Oleg fan club, Suliano, and I'm zooming as per usual with Colt Nixon. Oh, yeah, big main man Bolton Oleg. I missed part of his entrance, so I didn't hear where he was from. <laughs> I, I don't, I think I might have blocked that out, but he, dude, like in those like three minutes or however long that shit was, I don't, I, I'm a fan. Yeah, he's gonna be great. I was I was commenting. I was like, this is gonna be their next like big guy gen guy. I I honestly I honestly feel like that um that like when his new Japan contract assuming he has a contract with New Japan, it's not just like a handshake deal. But let's say he has a contract. I'm assuming that when that thing's up, WWE's gonna be calling him because he's like the prototypical WWE guy. Yeah, I, yeah, probably. He's such a big dude. Apparently, he's from Kazakhstan. I found it on NJPW1972.com. Oh, I wonder if he likes Borat. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Let's email him. Let's find him on Twitter. I thought your oscillating fan in the background was your PS5 first. And I was like, why is it moving? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, uh, I put a space heater on to warm my office up because it's cold. I'm actually about to turn it off, too, because it's now it's hot in here. But Makes I'm sense. Gonna do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that real quick. In fact, go for it. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty much right now just a massive fan of Bolton Oleg. I don't know what it was about dude. I think it's just like uh, his presence. He looks like a mixture of Kurt Angle and Scott Steiner. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked awesome. He moved really well out there. I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of amateur background, so it makes sense. I would hope so with his fucking singlet and shit. <laughs> That'd be so funny. They just put him in a singlet, and he can't like do a double leg, single leg, anything. I don't think great. I don't actually have that, uh, that many notes for Wrestle Kingdom because as I was watching it, I was also building a Lego set. <laughs> uh, I watched it very intently, but that's actually only partially true. I missed part of the undercard cooking, but it was fine. Uh, like the I, pre-show stuff. Honestly, I think one of my favorite matches was on the pre-show. Which one? The Rambo? That, that fucking six-man tag match with like all the old dudes. <laughs> Oh yeah, that match was pretty good. I, I was fucking marked out when uh, Makabe got to. They didn't censor his song. He came out yeah. to his fucking uh, immigrant song cover. I was, I just thought like that that match was that match is what uh, WWE probably hoped Goldberg versus the Undertaker would have been, <laughs> or fucking DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. It's always funny how yeah how great the old man matches are on New Japan cards. I mean, those guys only wrestle like once every. You know, eight months, but they're perfect. Yuji Nagata is a, is the goat. Did you hear the fun fact about him? No, he's wrestled at thirty January fourth Tokyo Domes consecutively. Jesus, he's done thirty years of it since nineteen ninety four. I shit myself when I heard that. That's crazy. I, I realized uh, yesterday that I've actually seen him live twice. That's so awesome, dude. <laughs> I'm so once, jealous. Once is when he wrestled Perry Saturn at a house show. 
and the second time was in a thunder taping. The thunder taping is actually the first time, and he got squashed by Goldberg in like a minute and a half. Damn, that's kind of cool though. <laughs> at least, he, yeah, at least he lost to Goldberg and not like somebody. It's somebody shitty. At least it was somebody like getting like a monster push. He didn't lose to like Prince Iakea or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. speaking of you, oh. Nagata, real quick, I was gonna say. Um, I could have seen him live, but it, it, he, was, he was on one of the Nashville shows, but I never did. I was sad about it. The New Japan ones. Anyway. Was it like the one of the ones that were here for SummerSlam or before that? No, one of the ones like a couple of years ago. It was like okay. the 20, maybe the 2018 tour they did or 2019, right before COVID when they were doing some of their like shows. Like when they did the big show in Dallas, it, I think it was a couple months before that. Oh, okay. Maybe or somewhere around then. They didn't actually have very great cards and their tickets were astronomical. So I didn't go as much of a big new Japan guy. I was, there was like, it was like the B show guys. I'm sorry to say it. I wasn't going to pay a hundred dollars to watch <laughs> some of those guys. For, it was a bad card. I'll look it up. Anyway, uh, the main, the show is amazing. I thought. Um, are, we, are we running down Wrestle Kingdom, I guess, before we do the main part of the show? If you want to, we can, we can run through it real quick. I, I don't want to be like the. I'm sure everybody's talking about it, but yeah, I mean, we, uh, we had a specific theme we were going for in this episode, but it's not like we can we can't just like <laughs> back away from that for a moment because I mean, well, the, the show was incredible. To I mean, well, to fit with the theme of the show, there was some very great heel work on the show. I thought in a lot of places. Yeah, so, I mean, you had uh, you know you had Great Ocon. I still don't know if I like him. <laughs> he's a he's he's a polarizing wrestler. It's weird. I like. I don't get it. Explain it to me. What do you think the Great Okan is? Have you figured his character out yet? He's he's a British champion. That's all I know. <laughs> Apparently. Oh um, man. Yeah. Go. Uh, let, let's hear your your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Uh, let me pull up the match times too, because I I have a hard. I always have a hard time. I was like stunned when I realized that the like the women's match was apparently under ten minutes. What was it? it oh was fuck! Yeah, it was five under... minutes. It was. <laughs> it was a two thousand six WWE Diva match. I yeah, uh, that was crazy. I knew it felt short, but I, in the moment, I guess I didn't really think about it and didn't realize that it was fucking under ten minutes. But they had to get Mer- Mer- it. I swear, Mercedes' whole segment was probably longer than the match itself. It felt like it. She because the the Tokyo Dome ramp is extremely long, so everybody's interests are long. Even like the undercard guys. That's just how it goes. It's cool though. That's actually but, like Undertaker never had a New Japan run. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're like we can't do this. Let's yeah. <laughs> take too goddamn long. But yeah, it was. It, but yeah, she walked down super slow. It her song. It felt unfinished. I'm uh, like here. Let me let me stop. Let me stop being negative for a second. I think it's objectively fucking cool that she was. And was like, fuck this, I'm out. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to Japan. That's cool. And she's presumably probably gonna do other stuff too, I would bet, in other places. Um, so I think she would be treated a lot better in impact. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, she's gonna go wrestle. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> bet she's gonna wrestle Ty, Ty Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which would be a great match, but it's probably never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah uh yeah i hope it does though i'm putting that on my i'm i'm vision boarding that match now for some reason let, let me uh talk about what actually was my favorite match on the show like what do you think my favorite match on the main card was hmm that's a great question let 
Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Will Ospreay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Love Okada. I mean, Muda is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr., that was a great match. I love him. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I, I that was a nice little short match, but it was good because he's got a title. Your favorite match? You know what? I bet you randomly like the the Carl Anderson Tamatanga never open weight match. That I'm, I'm 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 putting it in my heart. I did. That was my favorite match on the show, and I'll tell you why. It's because um, I thought it was going to be a no finish. Like I I legitimately thought they were going to call the match off at the like when he was doing the outside attacks and everything. Oh wow! Like I thought, well, that's one way to. I guess kind of protect him and protect Tama also. Yeah. But I thought that match was great. Like the bumps on the ramp, the uh, reversals, everything about it, I thought was great. I thought it was hilarious that Carl Anderson still had the Bullet Club logo next to his nameplate. Yeah. I mean, he's still there. It's for life, remember, except for AJ Styles, which remains true to this day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, that yeah. aspect of it to me is hilarious. Like, I, I really hope that somebody at WWE was watching that match and they can see that like Carl Anderson can actually fucking wrestle. Yeah. I hope lots of people saw that and see that. Cause I, I, I really, I think he gets a lot of undeserved hate online. I think he's great. I love, I'll always love his entrance. I'm so glad I got to see a full blown, the big machine gun hand motion. He does. It's so good every time. I, I thought that match was fine. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I enjoyed it. I really, I liked. I was pretty positive on every, basically every match on the show. Really, um, I, I really do think that I. I mean, obviously, I think I probably liked the Omega Osprey match the most, but it's barely, barely over Okada and JY, which of course I was highly anticipated because I fucking love it when those guys wrestle each other. And JY is my man. I've, I, it's this is weird, but I feel like. Um, a lot of the matches weren't given enough time. Like the IWGP uh, like tag match was only 10 minutes. Yeah, I was just realizing now that how many of these matches were 10 minutes because the Zack Sabre match, the Sabre match was 10 minutes. Tomatonga was 936, though it had a lot of like, that probably doesn't count the... Uh... Yeah, I, I count I count that match as like at least 15 minutes. Yeah, and then even the six-man with Mudo was 10 minutes. But at least they gave the juniors four. That was great. That match, I was that match was good. It kind of in the middle, it kind of got messy, but 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 the like last five minutes of it, I really loved. I thought it was a great match. I don't. I just don't care for emo TJ Perkins. <laughs> oh, I've added. Oh, the junior tag. Yeah, that one. I I, I don't love him. But oh, is that the, is not not the one you were talking about? I meant the junior four way. But yeah, we talked oh, about okay, the, okay. yeah the junior tag. I was I was excited to see Leo Rush at Tokyo Dome. He got busted the fuck open on that ramp, man. I yeah. guess he's injured. He's out of Bola, by the way. Yeah, I, I saw that. That sucks. Brian <laughs> Keith is replacing him. I haven't seen that guy wrestle, but I've seen him uh in bounce for matches a lot of times. He's like he's got like a cowboy hat. He looks kind of cool. People like him. I mean, that's um, all that matters. That's what matters. I like a good cowboy hat. Did you, uh, the commentary saying that Cash had only over a speed, we'll just skip past and go back to the heavyweight tag. The commentary saying that Cash Wheeler uh, had only gotten to the dome like 30 minutes before the show is crazy. That yeah. fucking sucks. Man, if they had, if he hadn't made it to the show, they would have just fucking stripped him for sure. Uh, they would have <laughs> had Bailey go out there. Yeah. I mean, they would. Mask. Yeah, for sure. Man, I mean, they would have definitely would have stripped him though because oh, they yeah. stripped John and 
juice. But uh, I so the obvious winners, my main, my my least favorite member of New Japan's roster, Yoshihashi, uh, once again uh, holds the heavyweight tag titles with the man he's weighing down, Goto. Can we uh, talk about one thing? And that is that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is back with uh, CMDK. Yeah, I'd go for that was that's pretty cool. And then, I honestly thought they were going out there to attack him and be like, "I'm I'm challenging you for the belt." Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> I guess he uh, de facto leads them now because he's the single guy holding a title. And then yeah. he also recruited a young lion. I forgot which one's name because I didn't watch the show, but uh, that happened on Dash New Year's Dash today. Yeah, I saw that. Well, I didn't see uh, the show, but I saw like that that happened. Yeah. And then, um, man, I don't know. But yeah, the the four, the uh, oh yeah, the six man with the, your main man, Keiji Muto, and Tanahashi and Shota Umino, who I love. Shota Umino is like, um, I don't know, attire. Now that he's not like a young lion, like his gear looks great. He's got a great look. Uh, so there, uh, there was a report. I want to talk about this while it was while New Japan is on our mind. It came out today that no names have been announced, saying that there's a New Japan wrestler on WWE's radar. That's not who you would expect, and is a longtime New Japan wrestler. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone was saying it could be uh, uh, Naito, and because <laughs> they were like, "Well, Shinsuke probably went over there." And was like, "Dude, my knees are so much better now." <laughs> <laughs> this Florida weather is really helping my knees, brother. I I actually believe uh, if if the reports are true, I believe it would be Tonga mm, or yeah. uh, the the man who I honestly believe would be WWE bound regardless is uh, Dave Finley. Oh yeah. Uh, Dave Finley would surprise me. How long has he been there? I guess he's kind of long he's been time. It has been years. Yeah. That's I would call that a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I remember I've really, I've, he's never impressed me. Not one single time. I hate to say it. I'm such a bastard about this, but I, you know what? I hope he goes to the WWE. Good for him, buddy. Get out there. So I don't have to watch him. <laughs> no, I mean, pretty much. Um, it would be kind of sad if it was Thomas since they just gave him the title from another WWE superstar. That's pretty fucked up, buddy. He's also like, I hate to really phrase it like this, but he's also 40. And what? Tomatonga's 40. Yeah. And like, not, I would assume that not everyone in WWE knows who he is. Like, <laughs> he would show up and people would be like, oh, oh, wait, that's not Roman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't expect him to get like, uh, like a great kind of. I don't know. Maybe he would get like a, some reactions depending on where they debut him if they did that. But I don't think he, yeah, he wouldn't get like the great, like big hot free agent reaction, probably. Yeah. No offense to Tomatonga, but I mean, that's probably true for anyone on the mid card in New Japan. I mean, like, you fucking bring fucking Takahashi out there, Hiromu Takahashi out there, and nobody would know who the fuck he was, probably, which is sucks. But I, I think it could, I think if they brought Tama in, they would have to fucking bring Haku in as his manager. Yeah. Do you think they would bring in Tonga Loa too? I mean, bring in Gorillas, the full Why the full not? unit. Dude, I would fucking love that. I don't give a hey, shit. Tonga Lua, it's just like <laughs> I don't even know what to compare him to. I'm not a fan of his whatsoever. I don't think he's good. 
he's I. I don't really most of the heavyweight tag stuff in New Japan has I. That's my secret is I the heavyweight tag division in New Japan is I've always thought is dog shit. And I never care about it. I never think about it. I've never watched a World Tag League and I never will. You can't make me do it. Fuck you. I watched the Junior Tag League though. What I if I were to year. tell you that there's an awkward segment where Soraya uh, does her tag partner in the middle of the last one? Would you watch it then? And wait, what? And uh, what like, in, in like a tag Grand Prix. That would be amazing. <laughs> did you watch that segment? Probably? I did actually. I watched Dynamite tonight. Was um, that really fucking know, weird? I didn't. I. I they were clearly leading well I, it was obviously leading something because the commentators afterward were like well that's weird they stubbed it cheetah or whatever that's kind of fucked up well we'll see what that goes with that or whatever i mean so, she is obviously gonna beat the hell out of tony storm after the match or but, before the match yeah but i just I, I think it's the double swerve is what it is if we're gonna jump away from wrestle let's let's hold, let's finish wrestle kingdom and then we'll, okay. we'll do dynamite so anyway did what did you think about the well I guess there's nothing to say about the Mudo match, but you want to talk about his other match. Let's talk about the great Mudo. Oh, God. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura, he might be a queer, as Muda says. So, uh, I actually watched Nakamura's entrance for that because it came up in my YouTube feed. It was kind of cool. But Subconscious is still a better theme song. But the for great Muda... Um, you know, I didn't really think too much about it because Great Mood is like a, a demon, right? I mean, demons are allowed to be homophobic. He talked about walking through hell recently. Come on. I'm just sure. kidding. I'm, I'm I'm being facetious. Obviously, he's a 60-year-old Japanese man who is probably very likely conservative and probably yeah. doesn't have great, you know, understanding of the vast array of sexualities that probably um, are, uh, you know, so... But that's just that was that was what I thought. The first thing I when I when I saw people making a fuss about that, I was like, "But isn't he like a demon?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody act- made that joke. I'm so mad. <laughs> people are too serious. Speaking, he is a demon. Yeah, it wasn't Keiji Muda who said this. It was Great Muda. <laughs> so, which I, I honestly uh, like. I've never been a fan of when Muda stopped doing the paint and started wearing a mask. Oh yeah, the mask looks kind of weird. I always thought that was just like a cheap way to do it. Yeah. Even though I'm sure that. it's a lot more difficult to do the fucking uh mask and try to work in that because that thing looks tight as shit on his face. Yeah, it's a yeah, it looks like a really hot mask too, because it yeah. looks like it's like thick. <laughs> it's just strange. Strange in general. Uh but yeah, they put over Shoto in that one. Shoto Umino one. That was cool. Got the pin. The young guy, the future, um, future of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, buddy, I think he has a good chance of that. And then, so then there was the great Kenny Omega and Will Osprey match, the battle of uh, two exciting theme songs. <laughs> As Kenny uh, swerved us all with Devil Sky at the press conference, and then came out to the actual fucking song "One Winged Angel." <laughs> uh, that was amazing. I couldn't believe it ever happened. It really made up for the fact that he had like a shitty cosplay Terminator entrance at one time. Yeah. Kingdom. It really made it up for it. Um, and Will Ospreay brought back his old babyface music. So I was excited about that. Elevated. I think uh, Will Ospreay is somebody who I never want to see on TV weekly. And what I mean by that is I want him to just like remain in Japan. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I want mystique. Him, yeah, I, I want him to... And this is going to sound like a really weird comparison, but I want him to be, like, uh, the dynamite kid of the 21st century who's, like, most of his matches talked about are ones that happened in Japan. Hmm. And granted, granted, I feel like that's already happening with him. Yeah, if certainly. I don't know, like, I'm a really big fan of his, but I don't want to see a watered-down Will Ospreay, which would have definitely happened in WWE, and I know would eventually happen in AEW. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and, certainly, it certainly would happen in AEW, because it happened to Kenny, I mean. Yeah. And, and I know you're going to make fun of me for saying this, but the only place I can, the only, like, mainstream american company where i feel like he wouldn't be watered down is actually i'm leaving this zoom right the fuck now you're you don't even watch that show (laughs) i promise you the only reason why i feel like feel that way is because this is gonna sound terrible but it's because they're not really big enough to worry about having to change someone does that make any sense I'm, uh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. I sort of get what you're saying. What did you think about this match? I was excited Don Callis was on commentary. Him and Kevin Kelly reuniting brought me joy. This show was like a nostalgia. This show felt like a beautiful nostalgia trip of my era of watching New Japan since 2014. It was like a celebration of Colt Dixon watches New Japan. <laughs> I really, I feel like Osprey should have won. I was um, expecting him to win, but then after Omega won, I realized I I saw through the plans and saw into the future and knew that that just obviously means Will is going to beat him next year or some other time. I, um, as soon as Omega won, my first thought was, oh, I guess Okada's winning too. (laughs) Well, Okada was obviously winning because it was the 50th anniversary Inoki tribute show. (laughs) By the way, anyone out there, if... If you're watching Wrestle Kingdom and you're thinking, uh, oh man, these tag team champions are likely not going to lose the match. They have a lot of momentum. Don't worry. It's just tradition at this point for the tag tag, tag titles to change hands at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember when I said, I don't give a shit about the heavyweight tag division. That was the, that was the funniest part about that fact is they were like, oh, yeah, the, the titles have changed 100% of the time since 2014. I was like, oh, that's when I started watching. That was the first. That was Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Oh, uh, so they've they've not given a shit about them <laughs> my I, entire time. I feel like um, even though it was for a chance to wrestle for a new championship, I feel like Kenta and Jeff Cobb were wasted on the show. Oh, for the the King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, yeah, I was sort of bummed out to see. No, I did love that Kenta looked goofy. I was bummed out to see a few people in the in the, in that battle royal, including, of course, Great Okan. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and Kenta primarily. Oh, and Ishii, of course, was the other major one that was uh, like, oh man, he's in the fucking pre show. Who was the, I can't remember his name. Who was the big tall fucker? Was it Hikaleo? Yeah, I think so. He was uh, on Dynamite. Don't never forget. He spent on Dynamite. He, he crossed the forbidden door. He is somebody also who I'm like, oh, WWE would probably want to sign him just because of his fucking height. Yeah, yeah, that like, wouldn't shock me. Like he he looked like a giant next to Ishi because fucking Ishi's like four foot three. Yeah, he's a little fella. Yeah, that was an incredible fight. Like that 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 stare down they did. That was awesome. Somehow in that scenario of the irresistible force, maybe the movable object, the stone pit bull would be the immovable object. Hundred percent. 
He's so fucking good. I love him. He was wasted not being in a singles match on this card. I'm still fucking pissed about it, especially since there were crowds, which we haven't talked about. The crowds were fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, what is so? What do you think that fucking that goddamn it? That's table spot in the Omega match where he bashed his head into the t- Osprey's head into the table multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking cool. <laughs> it was a great show. I mean, the whole show is fucking fantastic, and I gotta disagree with Cage Match because they they have the worst reviewed match on the main card is actually the Carl Anderson match. Oh, boo! That's stupid bullshit. It was not that bad. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good match. Why would you rate that low? Anyway, I wouldn't rate that below like a seven out of ten if I had yeah. to do that. It was a wrestling match, and it got the right guy over. Perfect. <laughs> Good job. Um, what did you think? What did you so what do you think about uh Jay White and Okada? Of course, Jay White is uh my boy. I'm gonna talk about Jay White later, actually. But um I, the match was everything that I expected it to be. Honestly. It was perfect. Yeah, it was the perfect sequel to the one I raved about that was earlier this year where Jay yeah. White did win. I I I Really wish Jay White had a longer reign. Yeah. And, and kind of more meaningful. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a great one. It was definitely a like a transitional reign too. He I for I, I remember he, he showed up on Impact. He should did he show up on AEW, right? Yeah, he did on AEW a couple Yeah, they, they yeah, they teased the a match with Omega. Yeah, right? he did well, yeah, he did the two things. Yeah, well he did um well he was in that four way, right? Well, no, no, never mind. Yeah, he was in the four-way, the main event four-way at Forbidden Door. And then, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and then yeah, and then he was in that weird Rampage backstage segment with, like, the best friends or something. Yeah. Where he just, like, walked up. That was the one where Tony Khan fucked up and tweeted that somebody was going to cross the Forbidden Door, and they were like, Keith Lee's not a Forbidden Door. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> uh, if you saw Yano selling DVDs, would you buy one? Yes, I would. I would absolutely. I want. I want one of them so bad. <laughs> God, uh, the the absolute despondency. If God damn it, Jay White when he was doing the, I just love how much he talks throughout a match. It's, it's great. I, there's so many things I can talk about that I just love the way he wrestles. It's slimy. Him like touching his abs and gesturing to Tanahashi every time Tanahashi's on commentary is the greatest running bit yeah that's so funny god damn it i love it he's got such imperfect instincts he did such a what a he did like a crazy like head push to like push okada into the turnbuckle at one point when he was like down he did that weird body bump when he was on there's so many great things that he does that are truly unique so uh do you want to get started with the the big ticket item for why we're doing this or do you want to talk about the Big ticket news, real quick. Oh yeah, I guess we can talk about the uh, the return. <laughs> Somehow, Vince McMahon has returned. <laughs> I, I guess. was actually talking about something else. Oh, <laughs> it's that uh, the first image of Vin Diesel as Dom Toretto in Fast Ten was released. Oh shit, Fast Ten, let's and go. He's he's changed his look quite a bit. I don't know if you can really see it, but he's no longer in a tank top. He's in a work shirt that says Toretto. Oh wow, he's like uh, he's working man now. Yeah, he's no longer just a CIA agent now. He's a mechanic again. Man, 
And That's I really cool. hope, since this is the 10th one, 22-year anniversary of the first one, they bring it back and they find like some kids trying to jack some DVD VCR combos that uses retro. So they have to like work with the CIA to get those kids off the streets. I bet. I bet. Uh, I'm sure they'll probably do that. I hope so, because those movies, <laughs> God, they're fucking terrible. But in like the best way possible. I only saw the last like 30 minutes of Fast uh, 9 in a hotel room in New York. I haven't, I haven't seen that one yet. I thought it was ridiculous, though, that John Cena played Dom's brother. <laughs> it was extremely ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, they're, but that wasn't the most ridiculous thing that happened in that movie. But it was it was good. For a hotel room movie, I guess. Yeah. Anytime I go to a hotel, I end up also. I just ended up watching like uh, Shark Tank or Undercover Boss. I like to watch food shows or like shitty movies. I watched uh, Coneheads. I watch a, watched a lot of MSNBC or CNBC. When I'm, oh, wow. uh, whichever one like shows Shark Tank reruns like 14 oh. hours a day. I can't remember which one it is. I like the Game Show Network too. That's another good one. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess he put out a press release that was like, Y'all, I heard y'all might be thinking about a sale. I'm, I, I want to be there. I'll try to block it if not, or something like that. It was essentially the idea. Uh, that's the TLDR, basically. And yeah, it's like, I'm not going to fire anybody. I'm just here to sell the company. Then I'm, I'm, I'm out the door again, or something yeah, like he... that. He, he didn't release this statement via like this wasn't a WWE PR statement. Oh yeah, it's like his own like PR. From himself or whatever. Well, it was from uh, the what was the, what the fuck's their name? The August Strategic Communications. Oh, that's okay. the PR firm. Nice. And they are actually a pretty new PR firm. Like they just launched October twenty twenty one. Okay. And wow. I don't know. Like they're they're based out of Los Angeles and New York, and I don't know if they just thought. We should cover the guy who has a bunch of rape allegations out against him, trying to do a hostile takeover of his old company that he stepped down from. He'd be a good person to represent. <laughs> or if Vince knows something that no one else does and hired them because they have good reviews or they're like good people. I don't know. Speaking of somebody who, um, is currently looking for a job in the public relations field. I can tell you, it's it, it, they're not really great people because their job is not to protect. Not is not to. Their job is to make people forget things happened. Yeah, and that's the only reason why they're like Vince has hired them because he believes that they can erase the bad in his name, which is what a good PR firm does. But it's. I don't like people shouldn't think PR people or look out for anyone but their client because that they they don't they only look out for their client. Yeah, it's a it's a job. Yeah, it's it's not a job for me. And you have to. I think it could it could have a lot of a uh, compromising ethical questions sometimes depending on who you work with. I suppose. Like my, um, I'm, I'm I am currently looking for a job in public relations, but I want to do, uh, like content creating and like campaigns for companies. I don't want to be like a PR firm for someone in a huge oh, scandal. 
yeah like community um, management stuff so yeah things like that community relations things that's cool that'd be neat yeah because when i was uh do something certain pr classes i would have to like create shit plans for a company some fictional some legit like i did one on uh, i did a couple on lego i did one on ben and jerry's i did one on uh, spotify which uh in my pr in my thing i did a presentation on spotify and launching a new service being spotify books or an audiobook portion or whatever it's like mm-hmm. Like the third quarter of last year, Spotify launched Spotify audiobooks. And I was like, what the fuck? It stole your idea. They sons of bitches did. They had everything that I wanted. Like I had the idea. They had everything to make it happen, but they could have given me credit. Man. They freaking they tricked you. Yeah, Vince is Vince ain't gonna be back. There's gonna be some messy shit happening, but Vince ain't going back. I'm excited to see what happens. This is uh intriguing. This story will I don't know. I'm fascinated. I don't know what will happen, but I love that he's trying it. It's crazy and and stupid. It's awesome. I'll say this. Money in the bank would not happen in London if Vince was still in charge. Yeah, that's probably true. That's almost certainly true. uh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, well, I guess let's go to the the main event. Yeah, let's let's ring the bell and raise hell. Praise Dell, you know? (laughs) That's what I'm always saying. We today this episode is is mostly about uh hills. We want to talk about some of our favorite hills, what makes a good hill, our Mount Rushmore of hills, how, what we think of hills in general. And um Colt, like what what who is your just all-time favorite hill? Like doesn't necessarily have to be one off your Mount Rushmore, but just like your favorite hill. Oh wow, that's interesting. I, if I guess if I had to really if put a gun to my head, press me to, uh, it might have to be Triple H because he was such a villain my entire life. He um, he was a damn good heel, and it's just I mean that's just my era of wrestling. If I was an older person, I might say somebody different, but that's he was there right there at the forefront of Raw for most of my childhood, being a real bastard. I'm gonna and say. Then, I'll go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's it. And then just like other times in his life too, just nasty man forever. So anyway, you. My favorite hill all time is actually one who is not on my Mount Rushmore, Mm. but he is my favorite hill just because as a child, he scared me, but not in the spooky, scary Kevin Sullivan kind of way. And I'm talking about Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. (laughs) He scared me because I thought he was legitimately going to kill DDP. And I thought he really pushed Kimberly Page out of a moving car, and they just filmed it and let it happen. <laughs> like Scott Steiner and WCW as a Roy Rage Hill was terrifying. <laughs> he, came yeah, out he, with a, he came out with a fucking tiger on TV for no reason whatsoever. After that show, the tiger was never seen or talked about again. But he came out with a fucking tiger, and everyone was just like, "Oh, look at the cute kitty with Scott." So badass. <laughs> I like not only as a hill was he great. He was, in my opinion, he is one of the best uh, big men of all time. Like he could fucking move like a cruiserweight when he was young. Oh yeah, and he could still do some of that shit in his later years. Like when he was in tna wrestling like pd williams and aj styles and christian and samoa Joe, like he was moving like he could not in the 80s but like well, before sure. 
big pop of pump became a thing. Yeah, he got his yeah, he like healed up finally. Yeah, he, was do, he was doing fucking Frankenstein's. <laughs> yeah. And I believe at one point he did a, a screwdriver to PD Williams, but I might be mistaken. That feels true, but I can't recall. Petey would take that. That's but yeah, like uh Triple H amazing hill that your favorite of all time, mine, Scott Snyder. Together they did not work. No, they did not work. Wise. To Ed Scott, let Triple H trick him into wrestling for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's a big whoopsie. I should have said that didn't work for me, brother. I still I, I still want to know what were the plans before No Way Out and before the Rumble for Scott Steiner at WrestleMania 19? Because he was he made have been at two pay-per-views in a row and then just not on the show whatsoever. Ah, I don't know. That's a great We'll never know. Bruce Pritchard said that there was absolutely no plan for Scott versus Triple H 3 to happen at WrestleMania, which is probably smart because it would have been worse than Nathan Jones' match. Probably for the best. (laughs) I don't know who they should have put him with. I don't know who was free. or They should have shifted some storylines around and had him wrestle. I don't know. (laughs) How would do a fucking open challenge somebody? That's that's how how they could have brought Gober again. He debuted the next fucking night. You're trying to tell me he wasn't in Seattle that night? Yeah, that's man. He might not have been. You know how great that would have been though, if like Scott Steiner came out, cut a hill promo, or sing an open challenge to anybody, and Goldberg came out. The place would have fucking exploded. Yeah, they would have lost their minds. Scott Steiner would have been pissed, but the place would have fucking lost. That would have been like the greatest WrestleMania moment ever. <laughs> a big fucking WCW moment. That'd be awesome. That should have <laughs> that should have happened. Let's go back in time and make it happen. I'll do it. But uh, if if you want to get started on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, let me. I would, uh, love it. I would love it if you went first. I can definitely go first. I can definitely go first. All right. You know what? We'll start. I will start with Triple H because I was going to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was laughing because originally I was just going to do I was going to name it all real quick. Which was I was gonna name I was gonna be I was gonna go with Triple H, Randy Orton, Batista, and Ric Flair. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> that's that's joke. a good one. <laughs> but no, um, you know, like I said, he Triple H was a big part of that. I always liked his his presentation was always so over the top. It pissed me off. It was so stupid. <laughs> I I just I don't know. There's not much to talk about with him. Then I was gonna go with kind of an maybe a slightly weird choice, but when I was thinking about to other people who you were talking about scared you as a children child, and I was trying to think I was trying to harness like for me, the purest form of wrestling is when you were a child, I still love it today and I will love it for the rest of my life, but nothing will replicate me figuring it out for the first time, you know, like watching it. Yeah. Like, oh, this, this is what's going to happen. Oh shit. Whoa. What? Like the true surprises. Um, but so, hearkening back to my childhood, another very scary heel from around that era was Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I know he did have some weird face stuff, but he, oh my God, he was, I hated that motherfucker because he, I mean, he did beat up a one leg man. Yeah, he beat up he, a one leg man. He had a multi week program with Zach Gowan. Yeah, that was crazy. That blew my mind. I was like, he's killing this one legged man. How could this be legal? <laughs> I don't understand. 
And then, I mean, just stuff like that, or like you know, when he feuded with Eddie and things like, I mean, he really put Eddie over like a motherfucker, even though it wasn't a clean win. It still pisses me off that Goldberg interfered in that. Did Eddie ever yeah. have a clean win as world champion? I Probably not. That's always pissed me off because they never made him look good or strong. Like, I know that, that was his gimmick and everything, but. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sure. But still, like, I don't know what the motherfucker could have win. It's not fair. But I, just things like that. I, I don't know. He it just felt like he was unbeatable when he and he was a monster. And I just always wanted him to get beat. And I think that's like the epitome of a great heel. And, and, then, so it's like a, and then in 2002, he was beaten like four minutes at the garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah. And then, of course, you know, any of his like subsequent runs when he came back and stuff were interesting too like when he killed john cena the one thing yeah. at one time but so that I'll, i'm gonna put him on there and kind of a weird choice <laughs> and then i'm gonna kind of go with another person another all-timer who i just watched on wednesday or well actually earlier today uh get incredible heat in 2023 my main man jeff fucking jarrett <laughs> is on my Mount Rushmore. The online discourse is turning, Todd. Have you seen this? Yeah, have, he, you, have you heard about this? Do you know how many guitars he's broken? Thousands, I've heard. Do you know how many dimes he's drawn? I bet billions. Yeah, according to uh, Mike Graham. Mike, yeah. I think it was Mike Graham. It was Mike Zero. Graham. Yeah. Zero. Do you Doubtful. know what that means? That means Jeff Jarrett's not a draw, brother. <laughs> there was a sign there was a sign actually at dynamite that said uh it was like uh i'm going to buy a ticket to the show to see if jeff jarrett and it was like in quotes and it was you know quoted nobody <laughs> it's good or no one or something but he he's on there he's he's great he's a he's you can draw a lot of parallels to triple h with him and his kind of reign of terror-esque run in tna but Honestly, this is gonna sound weird but i think if he wasn't doing his current thing in aw I think it would be hilarious if he uh he as a hill say there was a baby face who was just like a complete underdog and who was like down on his luck, needed some money or whatever. I think it would be hilarious if there was a backstage segment of Jeff Jarrett giving him like global force gold. <laughs> they could do it. They need to get him give him some gold. He's great. He's in a good run here oh, in his fifties. I love him. They gotta do that, like like next week on Dynamite, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett have to say that they that they 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 got their own gold since they <laughs> won't give them a gold and they fucking bring out blocks of yeah. global flux gold. Oh man, dude! AEW almost killed the wrestling fans by doing the swerve with making it seem like. Jarrett and Jay Lethal were the tag champions. That's what I'm saying. They were booing so hard. That was incredible. That heat. Oh my god. That was such a great finish. That was perfection. I bet Jeff Jarrett came up with it. I'm crediting it to him. I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to end the sentences. I thought. I bet Jeff Jarrett came. I bet he did too. I know I did. No, uh, but seriously though, he's amazing. And like I said, the online discourse is turning. I see people now. They're like, you know what? This Jeff Jarrett guy is not so bad. <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I I'm all don't. Up. The whole uh, work of building guitars and never draw a dime thing, like I don't truly feel that way, because I, I I've been a fan of Jeff Jarrett for years. Uh, I, 
I've never thought he was an amazing wrestler, but I thought he, especially in his reign of terror, was a good heel because he he didn't have uh, go away heat. He had he had want to fucking cut you heat. Yeah, like everyone hated him. Yeah, you always wanted to see someone get in there and kill him. You wanted to watch Monty Brown destroy him. You wanted to see yeah. Rhino kill this motherfucker. <laughs> you wanted any of these people. Christian, get in here. You got to kill this guy, too. So, I don't know. He's He was great. And then finally, for my future forward uh, Mount Rushmore figure, though he's kind of present, is, of course, Jay White. We're putting him on there. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm giving it That's, to him. That, that works to me. Honestly. He's 30. He turned 30. He's Jesus, on the really. I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about it today, or when I was watching him yesterday on the show. Like he's, I don't know. He's just been so consistent since he came back as the Switchblade. Yeah. Other than like the weird, awkward, like first like three months, two months, he's been just on top and just this nasty, slimy bastard. And every single one of his matches, especially his high profile singles titles matches are just perfection he wrestles yeah. them perfectly I, I i dare you to find anyone who <laughs> is like that his eyes his facials everything about his movements he looks like this cowardly slimy bastard in a fight for his life to to win yeah i completely agree so your your mount rushmore is triple h uh, jeff, jeff jarrett jeff brock lesnar and jay white jay white all right <laughs> a list done by a psychopath i'm gonna uh start mine with probably uh undoubtedly one of the greatest hills of all time that's why he's on the mount rushmore i'll just play his music see if you can see if you can hear it i don't hear anything <laughs> oh, son of a bitch <laughs> I thought that would happen, man. Uh, anyway, happen. <laughs> I'm going with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, nice. He wasn't a face uh, until early 90s when he started doing those weird segments where he called the hearts his brothers and his family. <laughs> Never understood that whole storyline. Later in life as a kid, I was I had to Google is Rowdy Piper related to the hearts? Because I honestly could I I fucking kayfabe me for that long, man. Um yeah, right. I'm sorry, that killed me. I don't know why. Uh Rowdy Piper I mean Jimmy Hart's not related to him. He has the same fucking last name. I know. Just Piper for some reason. He's like, maybe he is. Maybe he's beat somehow. Jim Neidhart is related to him. Like, there's <laughs> his sister just wanted to marry someone with their last name. Yeah. So she so can, weird so her last name could be Neid hyphen Hart. So strange. Actually, her name would be cool if it was Neidhart Hart. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be a good name. We should put her last name first Hart Neidhart. <laughs> anyway. God. Roddy Piper, one of the greatest hills of all time. No one out there can say he's not. Yeah. Um, actually, he was a face in 1987 because he retired at WrestleMania 3. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he was a face then, too. But I remember that surprised me when I watched that DVD as a kid. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Why are people, why is he so nice to everybody? 
His, I'll, I'll say this as a babyface, his match with Bret Hart is probably one of my favorite Intercontinental title matches ever. And I feel like it's one of the most underrated matches of both of their careers. And that's the one with the classic um, where he, the sleeper yeah. into the pin <clears throat> or off the turnbuckle. Man, that's so good. That is a good um, match. Roddy Piper was a bastard man, as Charlie Day would say. <laughs> um, but he he made you hate him like if you if you watch if if you were a fan in the 80s of pro wrestling and you were a fan of roddy piper when he was like top top level hill then there was something seriously wrong with you like if if in your mind you didn't know it was all uh scripted and you still thought it was real and you were like i love roddy piper i would not want my kid to sit next to you at school (laughs) Yeah, this kid's a bully, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> but I, Roddy Piper's one of those guys who I I didn't I appreciated when he was alive. He's been one of my favorite wrestlers since I was a kid, but I didn't appreciate his career while he was alive. And when he when he passed, I started like looking up looking at him more on like the network and everything, and I saw just how much of a great hill he was, and just how much of a great wrestler in general he he was. I still think it's shitty that he never got a world title run, but apparently he didn't want one. He apparently didn't even want the Intercontinental title. So strange. Yeah. But, I don't know. Be yeah, a Roddy Piper. It's up there. Rest in peace. Uh, the second on my list is the superstar, Billy Graham. Oh, wow. That's old school. Billy Graham is somebody who I didn't even fucking know anything about until his DVD with Dirty B came out in like 2004 and I bought it when it was released. Yeah, I remember that one. I watched it, loved his whole story, loved his character, loved him. Uh, looked up some of his shit on like wrestling tape trader sites when it was like just not tape trading anymore, but as you put a request list and people will fulfill it. Um, yeah, I watched some of his stuff there and then when things like Google Video launched and they weren't strict, they didn't own YouTube, I would search Superstar Billy Graham on there and watch like videos that people had uploaded. And when he came back as a face, he could not, he wasn't really, he didn't look like himself. He had lost a lot of weight. He was dressed as a ninja, had like a black mustache. I was going to say, yeah, that's when he was doing karate, right? Yeah. yeah it was weird. <laughs> then he was Superstar Billy Graham again in like the late 80s in WWF. I think it was late 80s. Either way, he was a face then. But as a hill, he was great because, like, he was somebody that you fucking hated. Like, in in the same way that, like, Roddy Piper and Jeff Jarrett, where people hated them because they wanted to fucking kill him. Like, as, as weird as it sounds, like, you don't hear about hill heat like that anymore where somebody's, like, trying to stab you in the parking lot. Yeah, though you know what I I was thinking about this the other day. This is my this is my new wrestling conspiracy theory. I bet that never happened. <laughs> That's my new thing. That's they're kayfabing us by telling us that people were getting stabbing them in the park and getting so mad and riots and stuff like that. But there was no video footage back then. So we'll never know. I bet it never happened. That's my new, that's my conspiracy theory. I was thinking I'm, about that the other day. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe. I choose to believe as 
you know, those still, crazy kids. You still real to me, damn it. I mean, it yeah. could have happened, but that's like my new, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, surely not. There's no way. But maybe, I don't know. People are crazy. Yeah, but Billy Graham had a great feud with Dusty Rhodes, kind of interpromotional feud, basically, because Dusty was very much NWA and Billy Graham was WWF, but they Dusty would come up and wrestle in WWF shows. That's they crazy. Had, they had a great feud, a lot of great matches. And, you know, without those two, Hulk Hogan wouldn't have ever been a thing because Hulk Hogan has basically said that he he ripped this whole gimmick off of superstar billy graham yep <laughs> and you can see it if you're yeah <laughs> from the fucking boas to the mustache to some tie-dye pants yeah i didn't even ape- thought about the tie-dye pants until just now to be honest with you yeah he aped it all man <laughs> he really did yeah um the next on my list is somebody that we've actually we've talked about already today um and Colt, you might you may think you can guess who it's going to be, but you got no chance in hell. I'm telling you that. <laughs> okay, Mister McMahon. Oh shit! Not Vincent hmm. Kennedy McMahon Jr. Even though he's not a junior, but Mister McMahon, the character that was okay. born at Survivor Series in 1997 and died R.I.P. WrestleMania this year. In 2007, when his car blew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, M- Mr. McMahon, as a child, I fucking hated him. I remember going to Raw in 1999, and Vince was out there. And I remember looking over at my mom and saying, Can I say it? And she said, Yeah. So I started chatting asshole with everybody. And <laughs> that was the only time I was allowed to cuss as a kid at that point, was saying asshole to Vince McMahon next to my mom just Vince had that heat because he was he had the same type of heat that like Eric Bischoff did but his was worse because Eric Bischoff didn't own the company and Vince literally did and everyone knew that yeah 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 I mean yeah there was a sense of reality to it I mean because it I mean really because it really was it really is quite bizarre that he I mean and really looking back on it it, it seems so normal at the time because we were watching wrestling and he was just a character on television characters in the wrestling television show yeah. get physical and take bumps and things like that but if you really take a step back it is truly absolutely fucking insane that he would do that yeah and wrestle and become a character he broke his tailbone in memphis uh <laughs> at a show i was at oh yeah he, he got pushed off a ladder in memphis just a few months later <laughs> not a lot of great memories here for him yeah he i don't i don't i can't remember if he like was ever back in memphis or not there was a, a promo shown of him on a smackdown of him firing Vince, uh, firing mcfoley in 2000 but hmm. pretty sure that wasn't taped at the international yep. airport here in memphis <laughs> damn yeah yeah i don't recall any vince mcmahon seeing vince mcmahon live at any of the shows that i went to in the 2000s Vince is somebody who i wish had like an instagram account because i'd love to see the pictures he takes when he goes town to town <laughs> but yeah mr mcmahon great bastard hill you wanted to see stone cold beat the shit out of him you wanted to beat the shit. you wanted to see undertaker break his ankle with his ring steps 
you wanted to see Undertaker kidnap his whole or no, you don't really want to see that. Vince was kind of okay then when he was trying to protect his daughter, but he wasn't okay because in the end it was him, Austin. It was him all along. <laughs> and you all fell for it. Even his damn family fell for it. <laughs> It's so fun. If you've ever plot out that storyline on like a timeline, it immediately falls apart. It's so funny. I love the it. The weird thing about it is it basically ended the night of the reveal because right after that, it was like, well, Stone Cold's the CEO now. <laughs> Man. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mr. McMahon, he, you wanted to see him get his ass kicked. He could still be a hill in 2022. All he would have to do is go out and just like hype the crowd up and then just like talk shit about him in one sentence and everyone would fucking hate him again. Yep. That's true. Yeah, he's classic. I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun memories of watching him on television for sure. And the last one on my list is another old school guy. And this one uh I kind of hate to talk about because he he wasn't very nice to to my people, to my my kind. And I don't mean Hicks Italians? No, not Italians either. I mean, oh. just people from Memphis. Oh. <laughs> and that's uh, Andy Kaufman. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. All right. Andy Kaufman, famously comedian, actor on the show Taxi, uh, infamously the women's champion of the world. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's a proven fact. I have that sticker on the back of my laptop that actually is from the t-shirt he used to wear. But he, the shit that he did, because he was a Hollywood actor, he made people know that it was real. Like Jerry Lawler slept shit out of him on Letterman. That was real. To this yeah. day, I don't actually know if what Lawler says about it is true. Being like, only he and... Uh, Andy knew it was going to happen. Like, they wouldn't have fucking aired it. It wasn't live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing no one ever talks about. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Let's put our, put our little thinking caps on here for this one. <laughs> it's like they, they record that shit at like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> but anyway, Andy Kaufman talks shit about Memphis. All of his promos are about how terrible Memphis is and Jerry Lawler and how people from Memphis can't take baths. Everyone sounds like hicks and hillbillies. <laughs> and there was nobody at the time in Memphis that people in Memphis wanted to see get their head driven into a mat more than Andy Kaufman. And all of that happened because Vince, Vince McMahon Sr. didn't think there would be money in anything with Andy Kaufman. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild to think that he obviously went to the biggest promotion first and then or the one with the most national attention with the biggest audience because they had New York. Yeah, man. Like without Andy Kaufman and Memphis, who knows if Memphis wrestling would have died a lot sooner than it did. Man. But Maybe. I think uh, I think it's ridiculous that as as, as stupid as it is uh, in the concept of itself, I feel like it's ridiculous that he's not at the very least in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame because he's like the most perfect person for it. Yeah, it's pretty weird. That <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand, but whatever. Um, 
my friend of mine has a Andy Kaufman Rise Above Memphis shirt that they sell on PWTs. That's pretty sweet. I think I might have to look at that. Let's see that. It's it's a it's a, a parody of John Cena's Rise Above Hate shirt. <laughs> it just says Rise Above Memphis. Yes, yes, that's great. Um, as much as I hate Andy Kaufman, the character for what he said about my great city. He as a uh, like he he took it seriously. Like he could have just come in and been like, oh, "I know all this is fake. I'm just gonna pretend," and they would have like take taken liberties with him likely. But he came in, treated it as a legitimate thing. He because he was a fan. He wanted it to be believable, when he didn't have to. He fucking sold that neck injury on Taxi, I believe. It's so amazing. <laughs> it's like Danny DeVito thought he was had a broken fucking neck. <laughs> it's so cool. The just incredible commitment to it. Bless yeah. Andy Kaufman. It's a shame that he, I don't know, wasn't around longer. I mean, my, my honorable mention is uh, Triple H. I was going to include him, but I was like, who would I take off? Like Piper's all time, Billy Graham, I really love Mr. McMahon all time for my generation and then andy kaufman like i fucking love andy kaufman so i just put triple h's honorable mention i'm not really going to talk about him because you talked about it quite in great great detail <laughs> but um in 1999 when he turned on xbox and at wrestlemania and everything like that uh, that i fucking hated that i hated him so much for so long I didn't. I did not like him until he came back in two thousand two, and then that son of a bitch made me hate him again when he fucking uh, pedigreed Shawn Michaels in the middle of yeah. the ring. Yeah, I know, man. I hated him. I was so mad. Shawn lost that feud, and I, I hated that. I still hate that. That made me so mad as a kid. I was so pissed off about that. I wanted Shawn beat him so bad. I mean, he beat him when he had a broken freaking larynx. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah, he beat him in the chamber, but then he lost all the subsequent matches after that. Yeah. And maybe there was a draw, I believe. But yeah, there was one in uh, 2003, the end of Raw, like the final Raw of the year. It was like the match in San Antonio. It was like, yeah, it went, like went like 40 minutes or something and ended on a uh, draw because they both like had their shoulders down with the pinfall. Yeah, I think they were like laying on each other. Yeah, yeah. that was, was a great, great fucking match. All time great match. That match blew me away as a kid. I thought about including Shawn Michaels um, mm. on my Mount Rushmore because I loved him as a hill, but he, as like the sexy boy, like he was cool as a hill, but when he was a main eventer in a hill, like he didn't really do anything heelish except for like talk shit about Canada. Like he would <laughs> play strip poker in the ring. He would beat up a dead man while his brother runs down the ring. He would tell people <laughs> to suck his dick. Like, granted, going up to people and saying "suck my dick" is is rather heelish. Yeah, that's but not. He that's it not wasn't good. anything dastardly. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't very evil. He's like, just kind he of could, an annoying he, little shit. He could get heat, but in reality, only in Canada because anywhere else he would be cheered by the women. <laughs> Well, he was a good cowardly foil to the Undertaker a lot. Then, yeah. like that in that in your house match where he just fucking throws him around the arena is, is a good one. Oh, um, before I forget, uh, we talked. Can't remember when we did that episode, but um, 
I mentioned how like a few episodes ago about how like I'm pretty sure in my mind Undertaker versus Sean in Hell in a Cell match was for number one contendership for the world title, but it just wasn't mentioned that much. Yeah, it was. I'm yeah, right on that. You were right. That's what I thought. I'm yeah. Uh, and I still because of that fact, I still think Undertaker should have won and. Kane kind oh. of fucking debuted at like the Rumble instead of that night. Yeah. Well, it wasn't meant to be the, the timeline. Whatever happens, happened. That's what they said on Lost, and that remains to be true to this day. Uh, so now I want to talk about bad hills. And since you started mm-hmm. out the last one, would you mind if I start this one? Yeah, you start this one. I didn't really have any good ideas for this one either. So I'll, you start this one. Bad, I'll see if I can get some inspiration. Bad hills, in my opinion. A bad hill to me is somebody who does a lot of cheap heat or tries too hard to be to be likable while also trying to get booed that's a bad hill in my opinion and these these are guys who this is just my opinion who i believe are bad hills one scott hall kevin nash hulk hogan buff bagwell macho man Randy savage however many fucking people were in there and the nwo after they became popular mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is if you watch nwo stuff 1996 before they added more people and it was just paul nash and hogan they were acting like a gang like kevin nash was throwing Rey mysterio darting him at the fucking trailers hulk hogan was out spray painting people's heads and just tagging nwo everywhere like he's tagging crips <laughs> they were <laughs> evil hills mm-hmm and then NWO got popular and they liked the money coming from the t-shirt sales. So they would go out and they fucking too sweet everyone in the crowd wearing an NWO shirt. <laughs> and they would hate the WCW fans, but always love their fans. And like, like granted, like in, in reality, that's a cool thing to do. You, I mean, it would, it would suck if they actually hated their fans at that time. But as a hill, I think it was like Chris Jericho said, 2008, yeah, it was, it was Jericho. In 2008, when Jericho turned hill, it was like wearing a suit, serious. He never had any t-shirts. And they would co- go to him and with t-shirt ideas, and he kept telling him, no, he doesn't want a t-shirt because he doesn't want people to like him. And if he has merchandise, he would see that people are wearing it and people wouldn't like and people would like him and he's not doing a good job as a hill. That's basically the gist of what he was saying. Yeah, I could see that logic. What did it's- NWO have? The hottest fucking shirt in the world. Yup. <laughs> and people would wear them in the crowd and they would look for those guys and they fucking too sweet them. And people cheered that. They were acting like baby faces to their fans and hills to the others. And I, I never fucking liked that. Before they become they became popular, they were great hills. Hulk Hogan was a great hill. But after they became popular and they tried to be cool with their fans i i just didn't think they were good hills anymore yeah i i i could see that yeah i mean because yeah they're just not they weren't doing anything they were just kind of anything that nasty they just kind of showed up and took over the show i mean they beat up they did like gang beatings and things but yeah i see what you mean they weren't like they were still playing to the crowd and that kind of loses some of the edge uh the next bad hill and this hurts to say kind of but this is somebody who uh I think could be a good hill if he didn't try too hard to be a good hill. And that is uh, 
Long Island Ice Z Matt Cardona. Interesting. Okay. And and, and this that's coming from somebody who I, I I love Matt Cardona. Big fan of his. I like his hill run. I think it's cool that he's been able to reinvent himself this like this well. But I don't like him as a hill because he he tries to, like he relies too much on the word fuck and on flipping people off and just coming out and just like getting in people's faces and flipping them off for no reason. And and this isn't me like saying the same shit like the tweet you showed me of Dustin Starr saying, why do wrestlers have to flip people off so much? It's like it's nothing like that. I just mean like he relies on it for heat. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I can I know I, I know what you're saying. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> like he he cuts the only place where he changes his character a little bit is an impact, and that's because he can't say fuck on national television. Or I don't know if it's national television. Like, <laughs> I, don't know. I think they are on Twitch, actually. I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> worldwide television. <laughs> John Moxley said fuck uh twice on Dynamite. Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> I sure just, he just gets to do that now. Yeah. But yeah, uh Matt Cardona, I don't think is a great hill. I like him as a wrestler. I think uh it would be interesting to see how he would be and if he went back to WWE and was a hill, because he obviously wouldn't be able to do his like indie taker gimmick is what I'm calling it. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't big, you can't bigly. I don't know, I don't know what his his character. I don't know what it would be. I don't think it would work. He would have to change it drastically, and more likely they would just make him. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what they would do. There's no way to say. I'm not yeah. even gonna try to recklessly speculate. Uh. Yeah. Another bad hill, in my opinion, for the reason why I said the NWO are pretty much bad hills, but for a little different, weirdly enough, is MJF. I think MJF, I told you just the other day, is this this generation Shane Douglas, <laughs> and and I felt weird saying that because I'm a fan of Shane Douglas, as as has been established, political differences aside. <laughs> But I I think he relies too much on just trying to piss people off with cheap heat and just by saying shit and fuck. Or not really fuck. He said fuck once and it was like a big moment. But that was saying, good, actually. Him saying shit so often and making school shooter jokes about him, about Darby and everything like that. Like I think he he tries to be like an edgy hill. And he's just not a good hill because uh, he he doesn't do anything heelish except he's just an asshole. Like if he call him a babyface, boom, you got Ken Anderson again. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of I, I agree a little bit. I think he's I think he I think he could be better. I mean, I, I like him generally. I do I do generally like MJF more than I don't like him. But I do think he overuses some of his like his nicknames that he comes up for people a lot of yeah. times i don't sometimes they don't stick and but you can't tell if they don't stick or maybe he doesn't tell <laughs> and but he keeps using them in the same promo and it just uh, i don't know it some of it and i don't really love but they, they've kind of gone back on no they actually didn't but i don't really love the contract stuff either that's not my favorite yeah but, there there was um i was listening to a podcast about wrestling and I think it was, uh, who are they talking to? I want to say they were talking to um, Chris Hero or somebody else. And they basically talked about WCW would always 
mention Dardavi and mention how much greater they are than Dardavi. Or just mention Dardavi in general. And like this person said that the second you bring attention to the other people, that's when people start realizing that you're not number one. Yeah, in some ways that's true. Well, it's just, I don't know, it's a weird I don't know. I, I just, it's, I don't like, I, it's like, if you want to leave, then all right, we'll see you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's for me. It's, it's one of those things where I don't know. I don't give a shit. Just stop talking about it. Wrestle for me or don't. Yeah. I, I like the whole behind the curtain storylines. I, I don't care about those. I, I've, yeah, I've, I've talked about it before. I generally don't like fourth wall breaky shit and wrestling. Yeah. <clears throat> Like but, the only time I've ever thought that was funny was when DX pulled out the script to show Hornswoggle that he wasn't in the segment yet. <laughs> that's a little funny. That's kind of playful. That's like a that's like a Looney Tunes bit. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, like I, I just I think if I think before MJF started uh being a graphic that reads MJF will appear live. Uh MJF. MJF is legally obligated to appear tonight was yeah. was the one this week or something. I think if not for for that whole shit, like him getting over so bad as a as a talker, I think he could have been a great hill because I when he was just like him and Wardlow, you know, you remember Wardlow when it was just yeah. uh, them two, like you hated MJF because he he used Wardlow as a heater, which is great which is what he was but he used him the same way sean would use diesel and sean would use sid like yeah it was a great it was a great pair up uh i like that and you know but uh i think i'm intrigued to see what he does with this danielson storyline though we'll see where this goes i liked i sort of like the element where danielson kind of tricked him a little bit he kind of bamboozled him a smidge he like played to his pride and Got him to got his goose with the great pro wrestler thing and commit and tricked him into into this, it, into the Iron Man. This is one that um, Bad Hills, who I I didn't I didn't know how to really include it because I thought their early heel, let's just say shit to cause a riot, and piss people off, work relied too much on like breaking the fourth wall, basically. And uh, but their later water downhill shit was great, and I, I'm talking about the Deadly Boys. Mm, okay. And ECW, there's no doubt about it; they were hills. Like people fucking hated them. Yeah. But they were just doing shit to really piss off the fans. Like they weren't doing anything heelish, except for talk shit about the fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I but, wonder if that's an interesting question. If that is like, I don't know. That's that's kind of healy though. I don't I don't know. I mean, it is in in the sense that like you're attacking the people who paid to see you, but like you're not doing anything that would make make me want to boo you tomorrow. Like you're not beating up my favorite wrestler. You're mm. not like power bombing my favorite woman's wrestler through a table or anything like that. You're just <laughs> telling me that I suck. Like I know yeah. I suck. I'm I'm watching you. I'm not in the ring. <laughs> Yeah, I already hate myself. You can't. Yeah. Me. What are you can't gonna do? Me Try hate to make myself me hate anymore. myself more. Good luck. Yeah. But like their uh, run in WWE's hills, I thought was 
amazing. And I'm talking mostly from their first hill run, not where they came in with like two by fours attacking people, but when they were putting the women wrestlers through tables. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not saying that as someone who like supports men on women violence because I don't. I was saying that just as someone who remembers how fucked up it was seeing him powerbomb Terry Reynolds through a table and just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And only in professional wrestling can you start as a hill doing that and then continue the same angle, but now you're a baby face and people want to see you powerbomb Tori and powerbomb Trish Stratus through tables. <laughs> Some real shitheads in the audience out there. You know what? I you, that, I you talked about wanting us to tell like uh, nice like heel stories from from the past or whatever. I think you'd mentioned that as one of the topics. And I was thinking yeah. about that. And the one I wanted to talk about was it was I think it was I'm just going to do this from memory, but I think it was Survivor Series 2004 was the it was the match where it was like the team Austin versus team Bischoff, where if if, if team Austin lost, then Austin not only doesn't get to be the cool sheriff on Raw anymore, he's fucking fired from the company. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, very big stakes because Stone Cold Steve Austin, once again, his job was on the line. <laughs> but for me, this was the first time I'd Stone Cold Steve Austin's job had ever been on the line <laughs> because I hadn't been watching that long. And uh, and then that nasty piece of shit, Randy Orton, cheated and fucked on Shawn Michaels, my hero, the sole survivor. And so you were a fan of the sexy boy. I was a big fan of Shawn Michaels and he was on team Austin and he fucking got RKO'd and killed by Brandy. And then that was it. He did. Stone Cold he, had to go did, home. And I was so blade, sad about it. He did blade quite often back then. Yeah. That's uh, probably a big part of the reason why I love blading. Speaking of blading, but let's, let's rewind a second back to Russell kingdom. If you told me that Will Ospreay was going to blade at Russell kingdom, I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> that was, that caught me off guard. That was fucking awesome. That, that spot made me scream. Yeah yeah that was then they cut they covered it so well all the united empire homies come around stand around and then i didn't even notice he was wearing wrist tape until it was covered until it was pink <laughs> i was like oh fuck of course he had a razor god damn it i didn't see it tricked me uh yeah. but anyway so i was i was sad I, but anyway all that to say I, I i think i remember literally like being like a, a little sad <laughs> like i was bummed out like truly sad that stone cold didn't get to be on Raw every week. Yeah. And they made it seem like it was real because he like ended the segment by saying like, uh, I started my career down the street here in Dallas, Texas. And it, it's only fitting that my career ends in Dallas, Texas. And like, I thought that was going to be it for him. Yeah. I I like got a little teary eyed. I remember. And I'll he, admit like, it. He came back a few weeks later as the sheriff. Well, no, that was. Was that after that? No, yeah. he was the sh- no, he was the sheriff before that. Then he, no, he was the back. GM. Uh, he he was gone from TV for a while after 2004. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, he, his certain. contract was up in 2004. Well, that's what I'm saying. This was the match where he like no that that match his his match was 2003. No, the Survivor Series. I'm looking at it right now. It was oh, you're right. It was 2003. Fuck. Fucking right. liar. I forgot. I like I said, I was doing it from memory. It's been 20 years, man. You can't forget something. Yeah, yeah. Paper you I watched once like twenty years ago. <laughs> Let's see if I can remember it. Anyway, yeah. Who was... are some bad hills in your opinion? I was really struggling. I couldn't think of anybody that like uh, 
that resonated with me as like a bad heel. I was trying to think of some other ones that people like. You know what? I can't I can't fucking think of any. I almost said the Miz, but he's not really. He's not a bad heel. I just wanted to shit on him a little bit. Miz is like the greatest. I'm drawing. I'm I'm like fucking drawing blanks because they have like forgotten about all of them. I think I just anyone that was like a bad heel, I just pushed them out of my mind. (laughs) I I don't know. Comedy hills uh, are often bad, Mm -hmm. and that's coming from somebody who uh, used to wrestle and tried to be a comedy hill, and I was told by one of the trainers that. I should not do that because my size, I shouldn't be afraid of anybody. And I was like, man, I just want to make people laugh. <laughs> nope. Gotta wrestle. Wrestle big. Stupid. Backstage politics in Newburn. <laughs> I, I mean, if you can't think of any bad... I literally, like... I'm literally drawing blanks. I'm like <laughs> cracking my brain. I almost said the big show, but that's not true. He just said a lot of shitty heel terror. Like, Who would you say are the great heels? I mean... Just some we I feel like we have a lot of great heels these days. I, I mean, mean you've got the great Kali, the great <laughs> Okan. Yeah, the great Okan. No, well, I'm well, I meant even just around I, I think people have figured out different interesting ways to piss people off. And like Ricky Shane Page, for example, was a great heel from a couple yeah, of years I, ago. I, I hated him. He was a real nasty piece of shit. I, I was there when he uh fucked on uh AJ Gray and won the title in Nashville yeah. from from Nick Gage from AJ Gray. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. We got to throw trash in the ring. <laughs> well, we didn't throw trash in the ring, but we got to boo. We got to boo. Uh, I mean, it's, not, it's not like they can sue you. You can say you threw trash in the ring if you did. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I didn't, but any I don't know. I mean, who is some other great heels? Who there were some other you know Kenny's heel work is always. Uh, he was a he was wrestled like a psychopath at Wrestle Kingdom. I love it when he's a a heel wrestler. You know who Big I believe is a underrated heel. Uh, dude Love. Oh, okay, all right. It's okay. like corporate dude Love. I hated him so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like very subservient, subservient to McMahon, but like a yeah. very like a Renfield kind of creature. Never quite understood how like mankind's not a credible threat, Cactus Jack's not a credible threat, but dude love is a credible threat to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I found something out about the Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker and um Mankind. Oh yeah. That match only happened because they didn't want to do Dude Love versus Stone Cold. Because the original plan was Dude Love versus Stone Cold and Hell in a Cell. And they canceled that because Dude Love and Stone Cold had main evented the previous two pay-per-views. Hmm. Man, they shouldn't have blown that wad twice. They could have done it in the cell. Fuck, man, imagine. <laughs> and that's how we ended up getting Undertaker and Mankind. Because that match had like no build whatsoever on TV. It had like a three-week build or some shit. And it was just like, hey, we're gonna, let's do it in Hell in a Cell. It's insanity. Truly insane for him to do that. And then just to be like, yeah, fucking throw me off. Why not? Yeah. Who gives, who gives shit? He could have had Stone Cold throw him off. Blame, he could have been wearing tie dye. You can one hundred percent blame Terry Funk on that that diving <laughs> bump though, because Terry Funk was the one I was like, yeah, we should start it on the cage. <laughs> you should try it, brother. 
<laughs> It'd be easy. I just do that all the time. I was doing. I, I was doing. I was doing the fucking loop in Texas, doing scaffold matches once every day. <laughs> Taking that ball. Yeah. Um, that, that dude love mankind. Cactus Jack. You would think Cactus Jack would be a more threat to Stone Cold, or even the deranged mankind. No, dude love. <sighs> Strange. So you can't think of any great hills either. Uh, I, I mean, I named some great hills. I was oh, naming. Yeah. I did, you named I, one. I, you named Kenny. I named Ricky Shane Page too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was naming you know just random guys that I was thinking of that I that I liked his heels. Christian's most recent, uh, trying to fuck uh, Jungle Boy's mom. Uh, heel run was pretty fun. I haven't he, and I guess he's still in the middle of it, but the uh, he's not, not ready. Until you, until you get the deed done. Yeah, he hasn't wrestled yeah, or fucked his mom yet. So we'll see. Other see great ones from first. from I was trying to think of some other great like Ring of Honor heels, and I could I would from from like fucking two thousand Jimmy Jacobs, Age yeah, of Jimmy Fall. Jacobs, yeah, the Age of Fall would be a good one. I was trying to think of some of the ones from around Homicide when he poured uh fucking uh Drano down uh, Colt Cabana's throat. Yeah, Colt Cabana as a hill was not good. Yeah, you know what? That's a, that's a great example of a bad heel. He wasn't even. I don't even. I honestly don't even know if he was a heel or if he was just like, I'm not happy anymore. <laughs> Sad like boy. he was gonna be fucking bang bang Colt Cabana. It'd be amazing. Uh, but yeah, would you like to hear some great heels? In my opinion, yeah. Let me hear your great heels. And I mentioned this guy earlier, but Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. Yes. For the reasons I mentioned earlier, he was just terrifying. He was a he totally. was a scary man. Um, I know there is a man that you mentioned earlier, Mr. Jay White. Oh, hell yes. I love he, him. He's just, uh, you want to punch him in his goddamn face. Mm. His stupid, beautiful face. You just want to punch him. That way he held onto the belt as they were taking, as Red Shoes was taking it from him. And uh, it's just beautiful. He's so good. He's um, so good. A man who I believe was a great hill because he got a whole man's family to turn on him. Uh, I'm talking Raven. Oh, yeah. Raven was a fantastic hill, especially in ECW. Like I mentioned, he he got Sandman's wife and child to turn their backs <laughs> on Sandman and join Raven. Sandman, That's impressive. Sandman's child said, you're not my daddy. I love Raven. And then did his arms. For like a split second. <laughs> oh, like, that kid's older than we are. I think I'm so. Just, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, no, I think he's he might be my age or like maybe a year older. I don't know. <laughs> but uh yeah, Raven, great Raven. Under yeah, I was good. Uh, Ted DiBiase was one I was thinking about too, yeah. that we haven't talked about this entire episode. I'm sad about I love him. I don't talk. I don't talk a lot about Golden Age WWF stuff because I didn't really watch a lot of it. But I, I did always go out of my way to watch, like, go back and watch like Ted DiBiase video clips and things like that. I love that man. What about uh, Jeff Hardy's wrestler. Hill Run in two thousand three that lasted about two weeks? I'm. I didn't see any of that, but that's probably another good example of a bad heel. You know, I feel like Jeff Hardy is probably is would be considered a bad heel just in general. Anytime yeah, that he's I ever mean, he's never been a good heel. I would I would assume. No, as a hill, 
in TNA, that's when he was just like fucked up on drugs and gave uh, one of the worst Wrestle Kingdom matches of all time. <laughs> that's sad. But yeah, he was he was not a good heel. He was not a good person then. Man. Um, my last great hill, and I say this mostly because he got his home, his hometown to boo him when he was a hill, and before they thought he was like the greatest god and the man in the world, Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, ECW. Lawler, Hill Run, whatever you want to call it, was legendary. Parkour yeah. had the 97 was the first ECW show I ever saw, and that was Jerry Lawler's wrestling on that show. Yeah, I watched that. I've watched I've watched that show. That that match especially is amazing. It's it's just insane that like Jerry Lawler could be on WWF TV and people would boo him, but they wouldn't really give a shit about him. He goes to ECW <laughs> and people want to kill him. Yeah. And it's because he was able to be a hill again. Like he, even in Memphis, he undoubtedly the Hulk Hogan of Memphis. Yes. Yep. Um, and of his territory in general, he was the hottest babyface in the world in the eyes of people who are fans of CWA USWA. But when he was a hill. He was the biggest piece of shit in the world. He got his, he got the city of Memphis to boo him, which is just that would be like uh, Brad Hart getting booed in Canada or William Regal getting booed in England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it's yeah, he's 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 a master of of stuff like that. It's just it's great. It's crazy how long he's been able to do that too. Yeah. He's always going to be known, assuming he retires to Dirt of E, as the guy who gave Kevin Steen his last indie match. <laughs> it's, it's so funny he did that. He I've, I'll for, never forget the weird Mance Warner match that he wrestled uh, in like 2019, too. <sighs> I was so uh, fucking drunk when I watched that show. <laughs> I could only, When I think about that match, I taste White Claw. Uh, that's, not a good, that's not a good taste. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's I mean that's what I I have. Those are those, those are my notes for hills. If if you don't know what by now what I think a good hill is, let me tell you a good hill is somebody who can. A good hill is JBL. Mm, I actually put him on my list and considered putting him on there, but I didn't want to put every champion at the time. A good hill is JBL. A good hill is 1999 Triple H. It's someone who you hate because you fucking hate them and who you're not going to cheer for. You're not going to support no matter what. And getting over because they're just like the biggest pieces of shit in the world and not because they're t- telling you that you're fat and you, and you suck. <laughs> They would, yeah, they win by any means necessary, which yeah. is generally through uh, cheating and shortcuts. Yes. And I having mean, other people do things for them. As a hill, Triple H introduced using a fucking sledgehammer as a weapon <laughs> when he murdered the rock with it while the rock was in a casket. 
Yeah, that was I always thought that was overkill that he used a sledgehammer. And then I always thought it was funny that he didn't use it like a normal person. But I was sort of funny that the only time he ever used a fake one is when uh, he actually hurts a person. Oh, when was that? I forgot. It was WrestleMania 17, Undertaker. Oh, I forgot he really. That's so funny. It's like apparently when they did the last ride and Triple mm. H like hit him, he was afraid that holding the sledgehammer would like fly out of his hand. So he got them to make a fake one, a plastic one. When he hit Undertaker with it, it cut him open. Ah, damn. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, yeah. good old Triple H. I love the man. So you going to go to SmackDown tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I got my tickets. No, I forgot it was coming to town until I saw like a tweet about it. Yeah, I did too. What's the card? I'm sure they haven't announced it yet. I have but... no idea, honestly. They never say that stuff beforehand. They're so weird about it. Hopefully it'll be a good one first of the year. I'm sure it'll be perfectly acceptable. Probably a pretty middling to bad card because it's in Memphis and it's Probably. the first of the year. If, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, for Armbar the 1004th Wrestling Podcast, I'm Todd Suliano. And I'm Colt. And we hope you heal your life with some good heals. Heal it up. <laughs>